0: Everyone well? Good. A minute silence is past. We were reverent. That's good. You don't have to remain silent now after that. <laughs> is that okay? Um, my friend Ross and I often joke because I refer to a particular song that I love. Very old song by a band called Newsboys. Um, it talks about our Christian character. Even now he's, he's thinking, I can't believe he's gone there again. It's almost that, like the newsboys are bigger than Jesus. But there's a line in a song that says, we mourn like those that mourn that have no hope. We don't mourn like those that mourn that have no hope. So when we stop and we remember the Anzac, it's very, the Anzacs, it's very solemn, it's very quiet. But when we stop to remember Jesus, I'm just going to suggest we don't mourn like those that mourn that have no hope. Yeah, we have a hope in Jesus. Um, it causes us to celebrate. It causes us to be vocal. It causes us to live a life in anticipation that others don't have. Yeah, it's really quite exciting. So I shared all that so that you could be half excited because where I'm going is, is going to be very interesting. If I don't get through it, I apologise. I've got a lot of stuff to get through. I've got some things that I'd like to share. Um, in saying all of that, I actually want to paint a picture of what I think church doesn't talk about much. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, I, I legitimately am putting out there, I don't know how well I'll be able to get this across because the more I ponder this, the more I've wrestled with it, the more I think I've grown with the Lord, the more real this has become. And the more real this has become, <laughs> the more emotional I get when I think about it. Flipping heck! You know, why can't it just be all bells and whistles, the bulldogs on top of the ladder, undefeated, you know? Good stuff. But anyway, let's see how he goes. Is that all right? Now, we've been singing songs all morning about God's goodness, that he's faithful, that he's steadfast, that he's never changing. And I, and I love that because we actually legitimately have to somehow grab hold of that, particularly in our worst times, yeah? Yeah in our worst times. And that's what I want to try to share today. Psalm 77 um, is a, a really beautiful psalm, but it's, it, it, it's raw, it's, it's open, it's honest, it's, it's vulnerable, it's transparent. It expresses an, an immense amount of pain, doubt, disappointment, you know, frustration, and, and, and real inner pain and inner turmoil and inner struggle. And, and you read it and you think, why am I reading this? Oh, my goodness. Because the writer, Asaph, is trying to express what he's going through so that you and I can actually grab hold and understand that we have actually been there too. Yeah, And then he brings us to this place of hope, which we should always get to in Christianity. So I'm going to pray. We're going to have a look at the psalm. And then we're going to see what God does. So if everybody is ready to be challenged, amen, yes, Changed, rearranged, set free, bondage is broken, chains loosened. Yeah, Anyone want to keep their chains? No. Anyone not want breakthrough? Don't sit there like you've been sucking on lemons then. Yeah, life's much better than that. God's more real than that. Psalm 77, Father, I just pray that you would have your way. Give me grace as I share. Give us all grace as we hear. But, Lord, don't leave us the same way. Continue to shape us, to mould us, Lord, that we would look more and more like your son, Jesus, with ever-increasing glory, that those that meet us would want what we've got. Father, like that commercial, I'll have what he's having, what she's having. I want some of that. Awesome. That's Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that's what comes through today in Jesus' name. Psalm 77 from verse 1. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days long since ended. When my nights were filled with joyful songs, I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And then it's almost like the rider stops and he breathes. Verse 10, and I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me, but, you know, <laughs> you've got to love the but. But, then I recall all you have done, O oh Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. O God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You you demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Verse 19, your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep, with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. Wow. What a psalm. It's not Psalm 23, is it? (laughs) Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. We should have done Psalm 23 today. That would have been easy. But this is a prayer in times of trouble, yeah? A a prayer in the middle of our tribulations. This This is born and it's birthed out of pain. It's the type of prayer we, we, we pray when we're feeling helpless and in darkness. It's a type of prayer that you pray when you feel broken and homeless and hopeless no it could be homeless and hopeless. It's a, it's a, it's a prayer, you pray. You, you, you actually you're crying it out to God. You can never understand a cry out to God until you've had to cry out to God. Yeah? Because I can say cry out to God, and some of you might go, "Yeah, I'm going to cry out to God. Oh Father, please help me." That's not a cry, yeah. That's a whimper, yeah. Oh Lord, I need your help, your sustenance. Please, Jesus. That's not a cry. A, a, A cry. What what this is trying to describe? This this cry. It says in the first the first few verses, he's raising his voice and his hands are extended. Obviously, he's, he's not from around here. He speaks like this, right? He speaks like me and he cries out to God. Because a cry is like what the sound guys hate because it peaks everything. It goes, Oh God! Like brokenness, a deep brokenness. It's a brokenness that happens when, when, when your marriage falls apart after years. It's a brokenness when you cry out to God because, because one of your children dies before you. Yeah, It's a brokenness because you've trusted someone and they have taken you to the cleaners and you have lost everything. It's a brokenness because your parents have walked away from you because you gave your heart to the Lord. It's an indescribable pain that church never talks about. This, this person that wrote this psalm, this is an enduring suffering, yeah? Like he goes on and on. He has endured emotional pain. Life has just thrown him lemon after lemon. It's the type of pain where you go to the doctor because you've got a sore back and they do a scan and they find you've got a tumour or a cancer and you think, "Man, I've been faithful to you, God have been faithful. Why? Why me? That's the sort of pain. You can't even picture it without it breaking you down. That's that's the pain. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. And then and then despair. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord all night long with my hands lifted to heaven. But my soul was not comforted. Oh, <laughs> Man, I wanted to say, may I never be able to write those words, but I'm going to suggest that if we're to be real, open, honest and vulnerable, all of us have had nights where we've thought, man, God, are you not going to comfort me now? Where are you in this? You know, the hurt that people endure in life, the hurt they carry, then it moves to confusion and doubt and this is not criticism, it's commentary. And then you go to church and you, you masquerade like everything's all right. Now let's face it, not everyone wants your junk. When someone greets you at the front door, and they go, Hi, Sal, how are you going? And you go, and you vomit everything there. I guarantee you that person at the door wants to kick you where it hurts. They want to move you along. They're looking. In the foyer, is the pastor here. Someone, oh Ray, Ray, I think they need a coffee. Ray, come to take you away because they don't want to hear your stuff. Yeah. But there are times where, if we're to be real in church life, and someone asks and you trust them, what, how you going, man? You know, like actually, I don't even know where my faith's at. What? Yeah, I just had some really weird. Really, let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's let's have a coffee. Let's let's work this stuff out together. But you can't do that in church, can you? You can't actually share your real emotions in church because God's come to give us an abundant life and we should be living it abundantly. That's, oh, you, Don't worry if you've got suicidal thoughts. Don't worry, dude. It's easy. All you have to do is renew your mind. Accept his grace. It'll be fine. Cool. See you next week. Hallelujah. Do you think that's going to work with a 17-year-old or a 16 If I'm talking about Mel, 16, when her parents split up. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Just renew your mind, Mel. You'll be fine. Or my children, when I was married the first time, when they were four, six, and eight, just renew your mind, kids. It'll be fine. That stuff doesn't work. Sometimes there's pain, sometimes there's hurt, and sometimes we need a place where we can express it safely. Yeah. This the, the writer of this is in so much pain. My soul was not comforted. You know, I was going through this message this morning. And an old song came to mind, and I won't sing it, but the song was Your name is honey, like honey on my lips. Do you remember the song? It, your spirit's like water to my soul. Yeah? Your word is like a lamp unto my feet. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Because in the midst of pain like that, that's all we've got, there's nothing else. You need to be able to grab hold of something. You know, Lord, I'm totally broken and I, I need your comfort, but I know one thing. You're, you, you, your name is just like honey on my lips. It, there's something about you that's so sweet that in amongst this confusion and doubt, I don't even know if you're real, but I am going to embrace you. Yeah? He's in such pain And he struggles to put it into words. Listen to verses 7 to 9. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Has his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious to me? Has he slammed the door in my compassion? What's not there... Is what maybe somebody like me might write. Are you for real blessing that person and not me? Are you like if they got that and I've got this? How can they be happy? I remember counseling right. If we're to be real, open, honest, transparent. But we're in church, so life's just good. It's perfect. We never have problems. Because once you come to Jesus, just problems go away. Well, is that not true? You're all laughing at me. Like, <laughs> I love the fact that perfect love casts out all fear. I've had that one. It's true, it does. It casts it out. I'm on a boat. <laughs> I'm in Jesus' perfect love, and I cast out fear. Where's the fear? It's still there. It can't get me, but it's still there. It doesn't disappear. Hey, Stephen, I think it's, it's working. I can feel it vibrate under my feet. That's cool. Technical thing we were talking about earlier. But the fear, it doesn't go away. It's still there, but it can't get to you. But sometimes you, you have it shared in a way that it says, perfect love casts out all fear. Why are you frightened? Well, because it's still there. Can't you see it? If I'm on a boat and the shark's in the water and you ask me to go swimming, I'm not going. Why? Because the fear is still there. But I mean his perfect love. I can see them. Yeah, they won't touch you. Don't worry about it. Oh man, you know, that's a tough call. Fear is still there. Sometimes we've got to have a look at the scripture and see where God wants to take us, what he wants to give us. And it's a journey, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, this person, Asaph, must have been the worst feeling in the world where you feel that the Lord won't be favourable to you. Favourable to everybody else. Lucky I'm starting a gym tomorrow. I'm out of breath. (laughs) Anyway, pray for me. I'll be up at 5.30. I'll be up tomorrow morning at 5.30. I know I look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I wanted to get down to the felt, more cut-up version of I don't know Sylvester Stallone in his heyday. I'm not far from that. Maybe one or two weeks, we'll see. How we go anyway. That's like telling people that it's all good. That's the, just renew your mind. You'll be fine. See Bye. Same laughter in it. Sometimes you're in so much pain. And you feel uncomforted, that you believe God's promises you haven't lost your faith you just believe it for everybody else you don't believe it for you anymore ever had those moments yeah. i'll I'll pray for that person with a sore back and they get healed and then we pray for you with a sore back and it doesn't get healed and so you just can't reconcile how that doesn't why doesn't it i can't. i I just prayed for someone you know I think of someone like Bill Johnson, who's prayed in his church at Bethel for years and has seen cancers healed, he's seen deaf people healed, yet his son, he's deaf, he's got a hearing problem, prayed for him many times. How do you work that through? <laughs> you know, sometimes it feels like his loving kindness has stopped forever, that all his promises are, are too far away. Sometimes they even can feel false or fake. But again, none of us have ever had those thoughts or those experiences, those moments in life, have we? Because we're in church and everything's perfect. We know it's not true. We sung about his promises this morning. But we can't help but feel it. And Asa feels that God's doing nothing. That's how he feels. I'm praying and God's doing nothing. Here I am. I'm in deep trouble. And God, where are you? What are you doing? Sometimes life just isn't easy. Sometimes passages of scripture aren't as easy as just grab that hold and, and just you know keep it for yourself. I'm glad that you're living the abundant life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's why I'm so happy. Isn't it great that joy and happiness got nothing to do with each other? <laughs> I think Asaph captures the feelings of every person that finds himself in the middle of a season in the middle of a moment, in, in the middle of pain, in the middle of hurt. You know, you see and feel them in his questions. Has the Lord rejected me? How can you not feel rejected by God when you've prayed over and over and over, but you have this pain, this stuff that's going on on the inside of you that you have no answers for, and when no one else is around, you just break down. You know, you get up in the morning and you have that, I don't want to get up today. Man, I'm just going to stay in bed. Someone rolls up to your house. I know no one has ever done this. And you see them through the blind, so you just be quiet. and pretend like you're not home. Ever done that? I haven't. <laughs> well, I'm usually in the middle of Xbox. You know, like, hello, I'm trying to play here. Will he never be kind? To, will he never again be kind to me? One of the hardest things when we go through this stuff is it feels like it's never going to end. And because we're in that space, we just feel totally rejected by a living, loving God. It, it doesn't make sense. We start believing that things will never be good again, and then eventually, yeah, if we allow ourselves to be so disconnected from Him, is He even real? I don't know anymore. I think Ross captured it beautifully this morning in communion just by chance. There are some times that he wakes and God's just there. And there's sometimes he wakes and he feels like God's all the way over there. God's never moved. It is always us. You know, I love Stephen Furtick puts it this way. He goes, there are some days where I just, where, where I, I just believe. And other days, where it's by faith alone. Yeah? I love that. Today, I've just got to believe by faith that God's real. I'm not going to allow the circumstances of life, what I've gone through, what I've experienced, what I've learnt, it's not going to deter me. Yeah? For those that were here last week, I know the podcast is up. I don't know how much of it it will capture. But we had um, our local um, Christian counsellor, Mike Skews here, And um, Mike has got a phenomenal story in his journey and the people that he's counselled. And he shared some of that story with our family here. And some of it's horrendous. Like, horrendous. And then he shares for the first time in public about some child abuse. And I'm sitting at the front, totally undone, thinking, and you still believe there's a God? God? And you still profess that he's good? How do you do that in the midst of that? Man, I I take my hat off to you. Wow. Teach me how you do that. You know, this poor guy, Asif goes on, "Has has he forgotten to be gracious? In other words, he's saying, has Papa's mercy and grace run out? Maybe I've used up my allocation. Maybe that's all he had set aside for me, you know? Why else could I be suffering like this? And then we break into song, don't we? What about me? It isn't fair. I used to have hair and I want my share. Like, I'm not looking at anyone in particular. (laughs) You know, he goes on, he says, has he slammed the door in his compassion? He's freaking out, wondering if he's done something wrong. Now, I'm learning more and more as I journey with the Lord that in the moments of trial and tribulation, yeah, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm still his child. I don't go with the teaching that God does bad things to teach you something. God allows everything because we're not puppets on a string. If we go through some of life's struggles, he'll use that because yeah, he uses all things together for good. But he doesn't bring the crud, the rubbish, the shape, the crap. He doesn't bring that stuff. So no, he hasn't slammed the door on his compassion. But when we're in this pain for so long, you know what we question? Our identity as sons and daughters of God. And that's probably the very thing that sent Jesus to the cross because Father wanted to restore back to us His relationship with us, our identity as sons and daughters, to come into the holy of holies, to sit in his presence and allow him to comfort us. I love the fact that somewhere, Asaph, by the time he gets to verse 13, something shifts and changes. It starts changing at about verse 10. But when we get to verse 13, he says, Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. I love this verse, verse 16. Just, when the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. Yeah? The sea quaked to its very depths. The sea got scared of God. That's right. It's like Homer Simpson in that, that episode where he does the belly shaking and it just keeps going and going. No one ever seen that? That's what the sea would have been like when it was trembling. No, I can't show you, Lyndon. No. So, well, just keep moving. Just ign- ign- it's like Bay 13. For those that are old enough to remember that, you just, just ignore them. The police are coming shortly. Anyway, so the Red Sea, it quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. All of nature was fearful at God coming, but in a way because of his awesomeness, you know Your thunder roared from the world when the lightning lit up the world, the earth trembled and shook. And then verse 19, "Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there." I, I love this because all he does is he starts praising God for the miracles. He, he He starts to remember everything that he's done in his life and, and, and in his parents' life and in his grandparents' life and in his great grandparents' life he starts thinking about God instead of himself and the situation he's in so now for some reason he seems to be better centered because he's keeping God as a focus because it doesn't matter if your relationship fell apart it Please hear my heart. It, it, it doesn't matter that your, 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 your parents, they split. It doesn't matter that your child died if you've got God as a focus. Yeah? Because he can help you through those things. Those things matter. But please, again, hear my heart while I'm trying to explain just the significance of having God front and centre. He starts proclaiming his mightiness, his holiness. He starts to reassure himself that there's no one greater than God himself. And he's the one who can do miracles. He's the God that can change impossibility to possibility. Yeah, He's the master of impossibilities. Something shifts and he decides to believe God for who he is, for what he's read, for what he's heard, for what he's experienced. Imagine if every believer, in the midst of their pain, their enormous pain, their their, their pain, if in that space they can actually, rather than doubt God in that place, actually grab hold of God in that place and not doubt his, his importance, not doubt his reality, not doubt that he's real, not doubt that he's there. And instead start to speak out, start to declare and start to blindly believe that he's good totally blindly in the midst of everything else that says he's not there to believe he's there. That's faith, isn't it? I mean, this change in Asaph is phenomenal. He lays out the secret in, in verses 11 and 12, but then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds. They are constantly in my thoughts. I can't stop thinking about them. Yet You have to put this into some perspective. You know, I, remember when, I remember when we were having a child but it miscarried and we cried and cried and cried and you told us don't worry, it's okay and then just keep going, keep going and the next time we had a baby and they were healthy. I remember when I prayed for one of my kids after they fell and even though their leg was still broken, they just stopped crying. I remember for praying for, for a loved one that was far away, that was addicted with alcohol and drugs, but now they're, they're clean, they're raising their hands to Jesus. God, I just remember those things. I mean, some people can't even remember the last time God spoke to them. We have to remember because it's the only thing that's going to break us out. I speak, to so, I speak to so many different people that have been through so many different things. And you know what's almost as bad, almost as bad, probably as bad, depending on what side of the fence you sit, is when someone's been through a traumatic experience and you ask them about their faith and they say things like, I don't have time for God anymore. I mean, that kills me. Because the only thing, the only person that's going to help you through your traumatic event, the, the, the trauma that you're carrying is him. We need to be a people and in our time of trial and tribulation, in our suffering, that we look back to all that He has done for us or for the people we know. Man, if you know someone's been healed from something, grab hold of that. Because that's not just for them our relationship with god might be you know deeply personal but our faith is not private yeah it's meant to be shared those victories are there for us as a platform so that we can grow we can walk we can move now, I love that Asaph remembers all that the Lord's done and he gets more and more excited and then all of a sudden he remembers the Red Sea and he thinks about how Moses led the children and how they would have been afraid when they got to the Red Sea if you knew the Egyptians were about to kill you. Yeah, And all of a sudden you've got this big just wall of water in front of you and you think, oh man, yeah, we're dead. You know, it's not like playing Fortnite where you can do a little emoti dance and you just die on the spot and it's done. It's, not a, it's really cool and then I'll have to get you involved. <laughs> but, like, they were, they were perishing. But I love that scripture that we looked at just for five seconds in 16 where even the waters trembled. The stuff in our lives that, are, that we're facing, the things that, 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 are, that have caused some of the, the greatest amount of trauma in our life, those actual things, those things, those times, those moments are afraid of God himself. Because when God steps into that place of pain, yeah, he doesn't remove the memory but he removes the pain. He does something supernatural there. The water's parted, they walk through. I don't get how he does that. I'm not God. I don't know how he can take an, an internal trauma struggle and, and, and remove you know, the, the hurt that's from it, but he can do that. But he doesn't do it overnight because someone tells you to renew your mind. Yeah. It's a constant journey of reminding yourself what he's done, that he's good and that he's good all the time. You know, your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. It was hidden from the children of Israel. He planned it for them. You know, I'm looking at time, my time's done, but I just, I've got to get through just this little part Father God had planned it. He knew with Moses and the children of Israel, he knew they were ending up at a dead end. He knew that. The NIV actually says, rather than a pathway no one knew was there, it says, though your footprints were not seen. So, in those moments in our life when we're going through stuff and we can't see God in it, yeah? We can't see God in it doesn't mean there's not a way through that we can't see, yeah? God had planned the escape. He was just waiting, waiting for them to trust him. He's waiting for us to actually hand stuff over to him. He's waiting for us to trust him, to turn to him for help. So often we feel like there's no escape from where we're at. There's no way back. I can't get to the place where I had faith. I can't get to the place where there was no pain. I've spoken to God, I can't hear him, I don't see him. He doesn't answer me, he hasn't comforted my soul. But there is a path that we can't see, footsteps that, aren't, that we think aren't there. But the reality, the brilliance of God is the fact that he goes before us. He knows what lies before you all knows what lies before me. He knows the water that's in front of you, Baz. He knows the water that's there. There is a path through it. We just can't see his footsteps. But he always, always, always goes before us. Deuteronomy 31.8. I want to build some faith before we run out the door. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. Deuteronomy one, thirty. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do it in Egypt. Psalm nine five. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my hand. Isaiah 52.12, You will not leave in a hurry running for your lives, for the Lord will go ahead of you. He's been there. Where you're at right now, the pain that you've experienced, that you, the, the stuff that you've hidden, that you've pushed down, the trauma, he's actually been there. You just can't see his footsteps. It, so many of us hold on to this stuff because we want to put on the brave face and, 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 and play the masquerade. But he's actually been there. Give thanks to him. Psalm 136.16 Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. God's famous for caring for totally preparing us for greater things. He goes ahead and fights our battles, the ones that we think we can't win. That's why we believe in him, because he's God. But if we believe in a God that leaves us in our pain and in our trauma, that leaves us crying out to him saying, God, where are you? If you think that he leaves you there, then you're not believing in the right God. Because he doesn't leave you there. He may walk with you for years until you get your healing, or for days, or for one moment. That's up to Him. But He doesn't leave you there. He's actually gone before us all. He calms the seas that we're convinced that we can't beat, yeah? He softens the blow. He knows our road. He understands the stuff that you feel, that you've experienced. He knows your trauma, knows your coming trauma. He knows it. It's nothing He doesn't know. You know, sometimes God, when he shows us the way out of trouble, trouble, we don't want to take God's path. Because just like some of the children of Israel that had to walk through that water, man, if I had walls of water up, just standing up vertical, and I had to walk through it, I'd be cacking myself. You know what I mean? Like, we're, just the distance to get across is far enough, you know, and then you've got the heads of fish sticking out and then going back the other way. Like, you've got to think about what's going on here. Fish weren't just swimming and landing on the ground. Yeah? Like this stuff that's happening, and, and, and they're getting splashed with water, and their hair's getting all messed up, and you know they've spent hours with the blow dryer, but they've got to walk through. Sometimes we don't want to go where God wants us to go when he wants to heal us because there's stuff that we're scared of. Yeah? He, but he requires us to step out in faith. Because if we could do it alone, outside of faith, then he wouldn't have to do it. Can we all stand? Is that all right? So I'm just going to ask you all for a moment, just to close your eyes. And I certainly don't want anyone to... um, to experience a long past trauma nor do we want to trigger you anywhere but just for a moment I I, I want you I, I just need you for a minute to think about the places in your life where you felt like where you were abandoned by God where he didn't hear it's unresolved you've just thought well that's done and dusted I'll leave that there Just because you didn't see the path then and just because you don't see the path right now doesn't mean it's not there. Israel had no idea that the wall of water in front of them was about to part. It looked impossible. But God, Father God, Abba always goes a step ahead of us even when life makes us feel like we've been left behind. It doesn't matter how bad your situation is, how deep that hurt runs. Father God's telling us in the verses that just because we don't see a way out doesn't mean it's not there. And I just want to share this. I don't know who this is for, but I, I want to declare and speak out prophetically and just say there's a path running through the middle of your situation right now. There's a way of escape in every circumstance we face. You know, Corinthians 10:13 right at the end says when you're tempted he will show you a way out no matter what we go through he'll show us a way out. Can I have the worship team please? I know it was a new song. But there are some things we need to do as a people together in unity. And I think there's a great power. Sorry, Brie. I think there's a great power when we declare God's truth. And this song is about the promises of God. So, for some of you here, you may have had promises spoken over your lives that have not come to pass. I want you to remember those. Some of you here, you may be. Biblical theological scholars far above my my intellect. And you can recall every scripture known to man. Praise God for you. I cannot do that. But I want you to start maybe to recall then some of those passages of scripture where God has placed his promise. So his promise for you and I, New Testament believers, is yes and amen. We don't have to do anything but believe in him. His promises will come to pass. Sometimes it just takes a while, yeah? Sometimes it takes us when we're on a cliff face, on a precipice and it feels like we're going to fall. Sometimes we need to hold on to those rocks until our fingers bleed (laughs) so that we can make our way up. But God is always there. Like Peter, when he was sinking in the water, Jesus was there to reach out his hand and to pull him up, yeah? It's okay to be hurt. (laughs) It's okay to be broken. It's okay to have moments that have left you undone because they're just not okay. They're never God's plans. But God's here now. And God wants to restore. He wants to redeem. He wants to make right. Will you let him? Can we sing this song together?